Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty good at the short build. <laughs> I, I see you still have excellent beer pouring skills. <laughs> Alrighty, what's up, ladies and gents? Grady here, another episode of Nebraska Beer 30. Hey, what's that? Are you, are you cold today? You seem a little chilly. Well, I have something that can help with that. Go to bit.ly slash nebeer30store, and you yourself can buy a Nebraska Beer 30 t-shirt. My phone is on. How embarrassing <laughs> is that? Um, support the show. Find yourself a Nebraska Beer 30 t-shirt. Um, it really helps us out. It helps me buy beer for guests. Speaking of guests, I am here today with Mr. Corey Sinclair from Backswing Brewing Company. What's going on, Corey? Ah, doing well. <laughs> doing well? Right on, man. And we are sipping on some Backswing brews today. Corey's got the Backswing Brown Ale, and I'm sipping on the delicious Citra Kolsch. Corey, I wanted to ask you a question off the bat. Um, because you were in the medical field for just a little bit, we, we can get into that. But today I went to Walmart and I was in an aisle and there was an older woman in the aisle and all of a sudden I heard her fart. She farted, this elderly woman farted and, and she was, I mean, she's pretty old. She was, I think she was on her way out. So I thought maybe that's a little bit of her soul leaving her body in that fart. Do you think being in the, being, you were in the medical profession for a little bit. Do you think that that's what our lives are? Just a gathering of farts, and then once we fart our last fart, we're, we're dead? Uh, pretty much. You yeah. think so? Yeah. I can see that. Do you think we, we would live longer if we ate... Ate more Runza? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ate more Runza or, or Daily Owns. <laughs> I know you're, you're a Daily Owns fan. Oh, yeah. What's your, what's your go-to? Oh, the, well, the hash brown burrito in the morning... Nice. And yep. the carne asada burrito later. Oh, dude. I'm, people always think I'm weird, but I love the shrimp and crab burrito. I can't pull the trigger on that. I can't. Dude, I love it. And honestly, I'm not a huge seafood guy, but for some reason, I love the shrimp and crab. Add guacamole and throw a little ranch on there. Dude, <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it has my heart. <laughs> Corey, you started Backswing Brewery with a few friends. Um, what did you, wh where are you from originally? Uh, grew up in Omaha. Grew up in Omaha, right on, man. Um, who did you start backswing with? Uh, with Pat Simpson and TJ Walker. And Mr. TJ Walker. Yeah. Right on. Um, and I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, um, I used to work at Backswing Brewing Company. Um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a few <laughs> stories here during the podcast about starting it up. But, um, <clears throat> Corey, do you remember the first time you had a sip of alcohol? Um, yeah. Do you? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember how old you were? Uh, probably like 15. I mean, outside of like communion wine or something. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> communion wine. That stuff can be strong sometimes. You got to be careful, man. 
You got to watch what those priests are giving you. Do you remember what you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, honestly, you do. Honestly, <laughs> we won't dive yeah. into that. Yeah, that um, do you uh, do you remember what your first sip of alcohol was? Was it beer? Keystone Light. Keystone. Woo! That's the good stuff, dude. <laughs> Does Backswing make anything like Keystone Light? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> That's a really good thing. Um, Corey, before we get into backswing, I've, I've mentioned, I mentioned this, but you were in the medical field before mm-hmm. getting into backswing. What, um, what was medical school like for you? Um, <laughs> that's kind of a big question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it was a lot of work. A lot uh, of work, yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. I've heard some stories from you. It's, I, I can see why you got away from the medical profession. <laughs> I don't know that this is any less work, but I yeah. can drink while I do it. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure some doctors drink while they do it, and that, those aren't doctors I want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By any means. What? Um, why did you decide to um, ditch that and start a brewery? Um. Actually, I had just kind of got. It just kind of happened. My uh-huh. uh, my brother in law and his friends were starting this, and one of their partners had backed out, and I wasn't doing anything right at that moment. And we were like, "Hey, you want to take over Kevin's spot?" And I was like, "Sure, that sounds like fun." Yep, <laughs> that sounds. I'll, I'll brew beer for a living. Yeah. But it turns out helping you helping you start it up originally that there's a lot more work that goes into oh, it yeah. than just brewing <laughs> beer, man. Yeah. I remember. When did Backswing open up in 2015, right? 2015, uh, 2016? Yeah, 2015. 2015. I think. <clears throat> I remember... It's, it's kind of a blur at this point. I mean. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, you guys hired me as, as a, a salesperson, but I was there, I was there the day you, got, you actually got the keys to the brewery. Yeah. I remember we, um, we sat in the brewery. Uh, well, I mean, we, there was a lot of cleaning that went into it. When, when you first got into the brewery over off of South Street there. But we had to sit there for a while because of the... We were waiting on the, the TTB. Yep. Or the... What, what, what is that? What is the TTB? Uh, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. Yes. <laughs> Backswing had to wait on the okay, basically, to, yep. to brew beer. Um, what do you think... What was the hardest part about trying to start a brewery, Corey? Ah, I think just everything. There was so much that you didn't know there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole process, that kind of two years leading up to actually opening was, I mean, the number of legal hurdles and licensing and you'd find out about, you'd go talk to somebody else that was starting up a brewery too and you, they'd be like, well, have you done dealt with this yet? And you'd be like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> did, you, did you have a lot of help? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The, I mean, everybody gets along really well. The, the we got tons of help from Empyrean and Brickway and mm-hmm. Zipline and Blue Blood and the. Uh, I mean, anybody, anybody that you ask anything is willing to help out, and and it's mm-hmm. still that way even after you start. Like the number of times that we start brewing and we're like, oh, we don't have these hops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I mean, I make like giant loops around town, like running around to all the other breweries, going. Like who's got this in stock? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, I mean, 
Like Colby came over and borrowed a whole bunch of sleeves of lids for his can and cans one day. And uh-huh, they, at Wydom. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I, that's what I love the most about the craft beer community is, <clears throat> first of all, the craft beer drinkers are all great people and they're all, you know, very, very nice. But when it comes to the actual breweries, the community, everyone wants to see everyone succeed. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is awesome. You don't see that a lot in other industries. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know of any other industry that you see that. I, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think we all come from such different fields and we all know how difficult this was to start out and, and more craft beer, more good beer in the market is better for everybody. The yeah. more people that we can convert over from Bush Light helps everybody out. So, yep. you know, maybe they roll into our brewery and don't like our beer, but they, or maybe they try, maybe they try a copper alt or something. And then that mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, Hey, these are pretty good. Like, let's go see what they've got down the road too. And yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's all about, it's more about trying to get people hooked on local beer. Yeah. Um, because that way, you know, people, people will always come back around. People are always going to cycle through. What, uh, what craft beer did you start off drinking back in the day fat tire fat tire the old fat tire man (laughs) that's about back in the day that's about all there was there was fat Fat tire tire, 90 shilling anchor steam anchor steam yeah red hook was around i haven't seen a red hook in years but i haven't either i haven't seen red hook in a long time we actually uh before we started this our warm-up beer was a was an anchor steam yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was good it was good to have i hadn't had that yeah and i was down in texas too so there was a lot of shiner bach yep yeah and you've been all over too drinking beer i know in your past, you've been you've studied abroad, and yeah, and so you've tried you tried some beer over in uh, yeah. There's a, a lot of Carlsberg when I was in Denmark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never had Carlsberg. What is Carlsberg like? Uh, Carlsberg's pretty good. It's a it's a lager. Yeah, um, just an easy drinking. Yeah, lager. Yeah, and there's a they have a elephant beer that was I don't know around eight percent, which back in the late nineties was that was a big beer. Yeah, that's eight percent beer. Now, like everything's eight percent at least. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was huge. And there, the school that I was going to, there was a bar next door that used to be the only place in town that would have the elephant beer on tap. Mm-hmm. And they had you had to go upstairs, and the tap handle was this giant elephant head, and you had to pull on the tusk, and the beer would come out the trunk. No way, yeah. dude. That's yeah. rad. Is there any way backswing could do something like that? Uh. I mean, we, we could. I don't know like if it would fit in with our marketing. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to think. How could you do that with a golf club? We maybe we can brainstorm after this or something. <laughs> so, Corey, what is uh, what's your job title at Maxwing? Uh, I think technically I'm the operations manager. Yep. But well, what what do you do? I'm just Pat and TJ's bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it says on your on your card? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, changed, I've, I've had new ones printed up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I know you do. You you practically live there, man. I at least when I when I was working there, Corey was there day in and day out. Like he, there were some mornings I would walk in to backswing. I'd, I'd get there seven thirty or eight in the morning, and I walk in and Corey would be napping on some a big pallet of grain or something, and you. <laughs> I'd say, hey, Corey, and you'd wake up, oh, oh, man, and what was I doing? And then you'd get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also do uh, a majority of the brewing as well. What, is, what was it like brewing on a big system for the first time? 
the first time was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> we got a really good beer out of it, but it didn't go well. The best disaster you could have yeah. had. Yeah. Um, Corey is talking about over par IPA. We can talk about that story a little bit. Um, how did how did over par IPA or first off, what is over par IPA? Uh, that is our uh, I guess Imperial IPA. It's a ten point four percent IPA, dry hopped with citrus, and it's delicious and it, dangerous. It is, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, yeah the the two D's, um, delicious and dangerous. <laughs> Um, how did, how did over par come to be? Uh, it was a complete accident. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was you, me and Pat that day. Yep. And, uh, yep. it was the first batch of beer we'd ever brewed. And, but the reason that we started with this one was we, we, we were trying to make our IPA, but it was, we had actually brewed that IPA on that system with blue blood before. So we were mm-hmm. like, well, let's do the one that we actually done before. Mm-hmm. And. They, uh, we had the guys from American Beer Equipment who were in helping us and just kind of teaching us how to use the system. And they, uh, we got the mash stuck. So the, uh, the grain bed collapsed on us. We couldn't get all the beer out, mm-hmm. taking over the boil kettle. And we gotten about nine barrels transferred over, I think. And we just decided at that point, I, we'd been trying to transfer the beer for like seven hours. And, decided to just salvage what we had and mm-hmm. <laughs> just make a smaller batch. And we let the Abe guys do this calculation. We had to readjust we had to readjust the hops. So I was running over trying to recalculate the hops that we needed to use. Mm-hmm. And they were figuring out what the ABV was supposed to be and the guy just did it in his head and I, we just kind of trusted him and mm-hmm. after we got done boiling, we looked at the gravity and went, well, this is going to be like 10 or 11%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy got got out like an app and calc- recalculated the ABV and you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I screwed this up. <laughs> and, there was no screw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, well, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. And we kind of thought about it. We're like, well, we can't even, we have different, the hops in here aren't the right amount now. So it's not going to taste the same. We're like, well, let's just roll with it and, do something different and we were like, well, we'll just throw, throw some fruit in it or something. And the, uh, we realized we had these citra hops sitting in the cooler and decided to draw hop up with those instead. And yep. Turned out great. Dude, it was incredible. <laughs> I remember, I think I annoyed the, the hell out of you when we had over par in that tank. Because <laughs> oh, you drank half of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when, after over par was in the tank, you, we, we dry hopped it with citrus, and after a few days, it had this crazy, crazy fruity nose to it. It was it tasted fruity, but it was still a really big beer. It was it's a great it's a great balanced beer. It's malty, but it's very very fruity. But I kept pulling samples off the tank, going, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, this is so good!" And it was like every day I would go to that tank and pull a sample off and go, "Oh, it's getting even better. Oh, I love this beer, man!" And after a while. Corey looked at me and said, are you going to drink that whole tank before we can sell it? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, I need something to wash down this grain that I'm eating for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I used to, when, um, uh, <laughs> at Backswing, when you're first brewing a beer, you have to throw grain into the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the grain mill? The grain mill. Thank you. That's why you're, uh, that's why you run a brewery. You have to throw grain into the grain mill, and I was always that guy starting off at backswing. 
So I would throw grain into the grain mill, but in the morning I was always hungry. So I would always take handfuls of grain and eat them <laughs> while, while we were brewing. And Corey would always give can, me. I mean, can we that. tell this? Can, like, the reason why you were always hungry. What? What is that? Why am I? Always because hungry? you only eat salads during the week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been had. Now everybody knows that. Oh my gosh. And, well, if, I mean, we understood too. He was a beer rep, so like, he was out drinking some beers out at accounts all week. And yep. So I tried like, to keep so it lean. Yeah, yeah. But then when he got in the brewery and it was like a 16-hour workout all day, and I was like, Grady, you got to eat some protein. And he, yeah. I, like every time I'd walk in the grain room, he'd have just like a mouthful of grain. Yeah. <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I still kind of do that. I still keep it lean. I still have salads every <laughs> once in a while. But I always crave, to this day, I always crave grain. <laughs> all because of working at Backswing, man. Let's get into uh, the history of Backswing a little bit. So before you joined on, Corey, um, TJ Walker and and Pat Simpson were home brewers. <clears throat> Can you describe that history? What what led up to you? Yeah, getting so to it was uh, it was Pat and TJ and Kevin, mm-hmm. and they were all managers at Brewskies, and they kind of I think they all had the same day off, and so they used to go golfing every Monday and. Mm-hmm. They'd all kind of gotten older and moved away, and they were all up in Omaha at this point. And uh, they had kids, and wives wouldn't let them go golfing anymore. So they <sighs> just kind of started getting together once a month and homebrewing, just to mm-hmm. kind of have a reason to get together and drink some beers and do something that was a little closer to home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, every month they'd brew a beer and get together, and then they made this IPA and had it out at a beer festival and I think it was somebody from Boulder had come up to him and was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Like we could brew this for you. And they all kind of looked at each other and went, well, why don't we do this ourselves? And yep, hold on to it. Yeah. In yeah. retrospect, maybe we should have just sold it to Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a lot less work. Yeah. <laughs> just cash in the money. And yeah. <laughs> and start a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they uh, and at that point they were called Triple Bogey Brewing. Yep, and uh, they got a cease and desist letter from a guy in Canada that stole their name. Still uh, Canadians, man. <laughs> yeah. Every time they're yeah. only good for bacon and syrup, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then uh, they kind of started working on making this a business. At one point, they were gonna maybe start it in the back of Brewskies. Uh, up in up on Park Drive in Omaha, and because uh, they had this big event room that they weren't doing much with, and it was too difficult, uh, it was too expensive to retrofit the building, so that wasn't going to work out. And mm-hmm. they'd moved all the brewing operations to Pat's Garage at that point, and I don't know, I think uh, Kevin had some other business ventures going on, and kind of really just wanted it to be a hobby, and mm-hmm. so he backed out, and they uh, brought me in to take over a spot. And, Beautiful, and then, um, and then the whole uh, the Blue Blood story as well. Blue Blood Brewing ended up moving locations. Yeah, so well, and that all started. We had the beer out of beer festival too. We ran mm-hmm. into Ralph, and uh, he came by. and was like, "Hey, I heard you got this really great IPA. Like, you try some." And you roll back down later, and he's like, "Hey, if you want, we've got some tank space. Like, if you want us to start making this for you, like, we could help you out, get you started a little faster." And mm-hmm. Just like give us a call, and so we were down 
down there a couple weeks later and went uh, about six months later, we had our beer on tap. We had a deal with Brewskies that it was exclusively made for Brewskies for, I think it was supposed to be a year. It ended up being two. But uh, Nice. Yeah, so it was just at Brewskies for yep. a while. Yep. Yeah, and it was being contract brewed. And then we were, during this time, we were just kind of, working on getting the business set up and mm -hmm. all of a sudden blue blood bought this cave and uh -huh. they were moving and they called us and said, Hey, we know you're trying to set up in Omaha, but this isn't really on your timeline, but this is all available and you don't get a turnkey brewery very often. So no. Yeah. When everything's <laughs> set up and yeah. ready to roll, man. Yeah. yeah. So we just jumped on it and scrambled and spent, that was August and we moved in. Like I, it was about May uh -huh. of the next year. Like, I mean, we had to, we didn't even have a business plan at that point. Like, we really had to scramble and like find investors, yeah, and loans and happened quick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like you said, it's not, it's not, um, it's very rare that a brewery leaves and leaves all its, yeah. all its stuff behind. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Blue Bud. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> what would, do you remember the first days of getting in to Backswing? What was that like when you first got the keys and first got in there? Uh, oh, that was uh, that summer was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I had there were, I was probably only like three or four weeks before you were in helping me out, mm -hmm. and I was just in this building that like they hadn't completely moved out of yet. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> they'd, they you know they had they were opening a new restaurant, and I mean they were scrambling to get their stuff done and they uh -huh. had like there was just all this stuff there that was we didn't know what to do with or yeah yep. <laughs> like, and, and and let's be honest sometimes brewers aren't the most organized people in the right. world <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so they yeah they were they were still in transfer basically yeah and i mean just trying to get everything organized was was i mean it was almost a nightmare just yeah all the things that you need to do to open a business that Brewers don't really know how to do because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't well, done that. Yeah, ever. Be, yeah, because you you start off at home brewing and you think yeah. oh, I want to I want to run a brewery, yeah. and then you start getting into the business side of things and you realize holy crap, there's a yeah. lot that goes <laughs> there's a lot that goes into this all the paperwork yeah. and everything from insurance to pest control to uh, it, yeah <laughs> yeah you don't even think about that pest yeah. control keeping keeping things out yeah trademarks and yeah yeah and then you came in and helped me out and I mean, we were just. I mean, cleaning and yeah. trying to get everything organized for the liquor, like just liquor commission compliance, yeah. uh, just, mm -hmm. I mean, learning on the fly, like how all that stuff worked. And we weren't allowed to brew anything because we, did, we were still waiting on the license. Like we Wait, couldn't even make a test batch in there. there. Yeah. Gosh, do you, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember hauling buckets up that ladder? To fill the oh, right yeah. tank. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was Jim from Imperian's suggestion. I, I don't know if we really need to do that. If he was just like Thanks. laughing at us. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> man, yeah, we. So when um, when I first got there, there was about two weeks where we 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 cleaned the brewery. Um, we were making there making sure everything was spotless, and then we had to. There's there's a tank in a brewery called a, a bright tank. Um, and in the bright tank, that's where you carbonate your beer, where you get your your bubbles from your beer, basically. And um, in order to pay 
or how, how should I put this? In order to tax so, the beer? Yeah, so you had to be able to measure it for tax purposes. Like, yes. You had to know how much was in the tank every time. Yep. They wanted us to calibrate this. Yes. And yep. we didn't really have any way to calibrate it, so we ran over to Imperium and we're like, what? Like, this is, they're asking us to do this. And Jim was like, well, you know how much a bucket of, like a gallon of water weighs? So like just start filling five gallon buckets until, <laughs> and, <laughs> yep, and like mark it off as you go. Uh-huh. Apparently they'd done this at Imperian just like recently, uh-huh. and, and they uh, so we spent uh, two two and a half days. Two just, and a half oh, days like, for for two and a half days we would fill buckets of water up and we would we would weigh them. We would make sure that they were the correct weight, yep. and then we would haul them up a ladder. How how tall would that be? Good. That was a 14, 14 foot ladder. Yeah, fourteen foot. We would <laughs> climb up a fourteen foot ladder with <laughs> with water and dump it into the bright tank. Yeah, we did that for yeah. two days, and that <laughs> that was Jim, huh? Who? Yeah, who yeah, I'm was, gonna have was, a word with Jim next time I see him, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pain. Like, hey, was were we really supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah, were you just trying to dupe us? That was a. Uh, it was a good workout, though. Yeah, I, I had yeah. to eat a lot more salad those yeah. two days. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Corey! What uh, what type of beers do you make at Backswing? Uh, we've got uh, we've got a couple IPAs, we've got uh-huh. a stout, and we've we've still got some gingerbread stout. That's our winter seasonal. Nice. Uh, we've got a wheat, a brown ale, a citra kolsch, and then a golden ale. Nice. Which which one of those do you do you can? Which one? What can they find on the shelves? All of those are in cans except for the gingerbread stout. Except for the okay, awesome. Um, what is your personal favorite at Batman? Uh, my, well, my favorite is the Overpower IPA. Yeah. I, I probably drink more of the Bug <laughs> Eater than anything. The bu- dude, the Bug Eater's awesome. Yeah. We actually, we featured the Bug Eater beer on an episode with my buddy Dex. Um, and he absolutely, he loves that beer. I love that beer. That's one of my favorites from Backswing. Um, another favorite of mine, my, my all-time favorite from Backswing is the Stout. I love the Stout just because I'm a Stout drinker. But the Citra Kolsch is such a neat beer, man, which is what I'm drinking on today. Um, where did the idea for the Citra Kolsch come from? It's very unique. Um, I think that was TJ's. Uh, that was a recipe from the homebrewing days. And I think that I'm, I might not be telling the story right, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that they he was trying to make a blonde ale and he wanted it to be a tropical blonde was the idea. And I so see. he just tried to make this blonde ale that he – used nothing but citra hops in and mm-hmm. nobody liked it and <laughs> <laughs> so they uh so we tried it again and i threw a coal yeast onto it and everybody was like oh that's pretty good so uh-huh. it, i that and I, we spent forever talking about how like we had this colch and i mean they just handed it to me to work on the recipe i think i just switched out like one grain and changed one of the hop times or something and yeah they uh but forever we were just like we were like, well, we have to call it a blonde because nobody knows what a Kolsch is. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like all these breweries in Lincoln had a Kolsch, and we we're like, well, if we're moving to Lincoln, like everybody knows what a Kolsch is. They all drink yep. the Zipline Kolsch. So people, people learn pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic beer, man. It's but there are still a lot of people though. I mean, the number of people that come into our bar and are like, I would like the citrus colachi. Cola- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the citrus colachi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um um that is when it when it comes to beer styles, it's it is very unique, yeah. you know. Um 
I think I think you find a lot of Kolsch's over in the Germany area just because that's where it, it originates. But really, I didn't know about Kolsch's until Zipline started making one. Yeah, and then Kincader popped one out, and and uh, now it seems like everyone has a has a Kolsch. But but this one is uniquely different, like I said, because <clears throat> because of the the citra hops you use in it. It's nice and uh, has a little bit of a, a fruity backbone. Yeah, I mean, I think cool. that's a lot of what we do though too is. Uh, Kind of take a uh-huh. basic style. Like, we don't go crazy. We aren't making any like mushroom sour stouts or anything. But yeah, <laughs> is that is that like, is that what's next? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You have to go. You'd have to go down the road for one of those. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like, I mean, it's usually just sort of a twist on a, on a pretty specific style and mm-hmm. you know we don't go too overboard with anything and so like, like every beer that we have is a hybrid of some sort but it's mm-hmm. but it's yeah. all still in the like beer realm yeah <laughs> like we firmly believe the beer should still taste like beer yes <laughs> that is very true yeah that's um that's something that's very unique to you guys because the the brown ale um is a little bit more of an old school style brown but there's a twist on it with a little bit of cinnamon in there yeah. that you threw in there. Yeah. And, and then, a little, little bit is the key. Is yes. The, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. When we were first starting, the first, can you talk a little bit about the first batch of brown ale that you brewed? That, uh, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> that, one got, that one got dumped. Because uh, uh-huh. the spices don't scale up the same way. Yep. And so it was just sort of a crapshoot. And uh-huh. I think TJ had punched it into the like, computer program and... It told us we needed like four thousand ounces of cinnamon. Jeez, holy cow! <laughs> was, I think he was using like a stick and a quarter of cinnamon in a, like a five or ten, ten gallon batch. Yeah, and we were like, "Well, that's not good." I think we were like, well, "Let's start with a pound," and uh-huh. maybe maybe did fourteen ounces, and then it it was awful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a cinnamon yeah. beer. I remember that beer, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember how it smelled when we dumped that tank too. <laughs> yeah, it smelled like Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we ended up getting down to about an ounce. I think is where we ended up at. <laughs> yeah, well, nice. Well, you you nailed it yeah. now, man. Corey, that music means we're coming to an end, man. Um, guys, if you would like to learn more about Backswing Brewing, check out backswingbrewing.com. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash backswingbrewingco, Twitter at backswingbrew, and Instagram at backswingbrew. Corey, anything else you'd like to say before uh, before we wrap it up? Um, I... Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Today on News 4 at 4, one out of four COVID survivors dealing with symptoms months after having the virus. We're working for you, showing you how a local hospital is helping to solve the mystery of COVID long haulers. Plus, Pad Lawson News, Leon Harris, and Sean Yancey catch you up on the day's biggest stories. And Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer helping you plan for the next 10 days. Working for you, today on News 4 at 4 on NBC4. Today on News 4 at 4, one out of four COVID survivors dealing with symptoms months after having the virus. We're working for you, showing you how a local hospital is helping to solve the mystery of COVID long haulers. Plus, Pad Lawson News, Leon Harris, and Sean Yancey catch you up on the day's biggest stories. And Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer helping you plan for the next 10 days. Working for you, today on News 4 at 4 on NBC4.